Okay, so this is the first Sikha of Parshat Tzavah. So this is on the Pasuk, Ve'ata Tzavah. So this is, of course, a very famous Pasuk because the Rebbe's uh, last edited mimer is on this Pasuk. So what's interesting about this Sikha is we're going to finally learn what the Pshad is, Al-Pi Shomikra. So we know the Pshad, Al-Pi Chassidus. But now we're learning the Pshad according to what Rashi holds, and also the Pshad of the Ibn Ezra. And by actually seeing the different um, issues that they have in the Pasuk, and how they resolve it, you actually come to appreciate the Biurim of Hasidus more, because you understand in more depth what the questions of the Hasidus were and how they mm-hmm. answer these Pshutish Mikra um, issues, at least some of them. Okay, let's start. So, Betchilus Parsha Seinu Matik Rashi Seteva, Eseteva is Ve'ata Tetzave, Zach. So, at the beginning of this week's Parsha, Rashi <coughs> writes the words, Ve'ata Tetzave, and then he says, Zach, you shall command that you should bring pure olive oil. Zach, pure. So he's mefarish. Belish shemarim, without any sediments. Kamesha shishtaninu b'menachas, like we learn in the Gemara Menachas. Megagor b'reishazayis v'chulu, that you should let it ripen. Over there in the Gemara Menachas, it's talking about the different types of oils that you're allowed to bring. Uh, and, and, and it explains nine different types of oils that are able to be uh, manufactured. So the, the best oil is the one that's from the olives, which are all the way that, that are all the way on the top of the tree. They would take it down, and then they would crush it with a mortar. The second best would be the ones that they would afterwards, or the, I should say, the second level is that they take would take the olives from the top of the tree and then grind it. So the ones that were just crushed with the mortar, that's the purest oil. So these are the that's what Rashi brings. So. The questions that the Rebbe is going to ask, which are uh, seven of them, they're really divided up into three categories. The first set of questions is going to be, what was bothering Rashi? Like, it seems like a very, very, like, what was bothering him? The Pasuk says you should bring pure olive oil, so Rashi explains what it means sediment. Like, what, what, what was, like, what, obviously, what does pure olive oil mean? Why does he have to explain that it means without any sediments inside of it? The second type of question we're going to ask is about the proof. Why didn't he the proof? Why did he bring specifically this proof? And the third type of question the Rebbe is going to ask is on the words. Why these particular words? So let's start. So Why he brings on the Menaches? Yeah. yeah. So question number one. So with this that Rashi doesn't explain what the word Zach means. Zach means pure. He doesn't say what Zach means. Naki means pure. Rather, he explains the idea. He says, what does pure mean? What does Zach mean? It means without any sediment. So it's understood that everybody knows what the word Zach means. That it means pure. Al-Shutzarch beer. And what is the question that the student and I have? Zach v'naki memaya. He's going to say, oh, it's pure olive oil, but pure from what? So So therefore, Rashi explains that it doesn't have any sediments inside of it. So the any move my kamashmalan. Hire move my atzma in the naki high new move to ruvis called davarzar kol shmar. What's the chiddush shavrashi? It's understood when you say that there's pure olive oil. Even the small child understands that pure olive oil means that there's nothing else inside of it. So why does Rashi need to explain? Oh, it means without any sediments. Obviously. Question number two. The kaman the parsha sisa. Next week's parsha, it also says that you need to bring the pure frankincense. So Rashi doesn't explain. Oh, what does it mean, pure frankincense? Why not? 
if, if, if pure from what? Because it's understood that when it says zaka, it means that there's nothing else mixed in with this levina. So why does Rashi have the issue over here when we're saying pure olive oil? Well, what does pure mean? It's, what, what, what would you think that would be mixed in? It seems very, very simple. So those are the, that's the first type of question Rashi asks. The second question, the second type of question, Gimel. Rashi may be he says, Rashi brings a proof for what he says. What's Rashi's proof that we're talking about pure olive oil? He brings the Gemara and Menachis that the, the, the ripened, the best ripened uh, olives at the, uh, which are on top of the um, olive tree, that's what they would uh, use. Why does, but why do you need a proof that Naki means without any sentiments that he has to bring a Gemara Menachis that tells you that they're using the olives that don't have uh, and they crush it in a way that there wouldn't be any sentiments. It it's seems, like a double question. It's like you well, mentioned Shmar with all, and you already mentioned Shmar, you have to bring a Raya. Why do you have to bring a Raya exactly? Dalit. <coughs> do you want to go on? No, I'm good, I'm good. It's not the way of Rashi to bring proofs um, for, for the simple interpretation of the Pasik from Halacha. Right? Meaning is, he, Rashi will always prove his Pshat. Uh, when, at least when possible, always from the pshat of the pasuk itself, from the from the from the, from the ideas which are in the pesukim. Alderch pirsh Rashi b'dibur shlacherze. It says kasis. So he says hazaysim hayukaitish. He says what does it mean uh, crushed? He says they would crush the olives. Um, he's going to say with a mortar. But the second oil that came out is pasul lemanayra, but it would be kasher lemanachis. But the second oil which was through grinding. That would be possible for the Menorah, Bakashi, for Menachis. Shinemar, how do we know this? Kasus Lamar, but like Kasus Menachis, because since it says in the Pasik, Kasus Lamar, so that tells us that you need to have pure, this purest olive oil, only, you only need it for the Menorah. But you don't need it for Menachis. Rashi doesn't bother bringing a proof that from, from, from the Chelik Shavalpeh, from the Gemara, that when it says Kasus, it means only for the Menorah. Why? Because from the Pasuk itself, it's clear. Kasus Lamar means just for the Menorah, not for the, uh, not for the Menachas. So, so also in our situation. So the question is, even if you want to say that Rashi needs a proof, what exactly is the proof from the Gemara Menachas? Meaning is, where in the Pesukim is there a hacker for this Pshat? Um, hey. Rashi Matik Menachas, now we're going to get into like the exact words that Rashi's using. So Rashi's Matik Menachas, Atevis Magargari Barisha Zayis Bechulu. Rashi copies the words from Menachas that he would let the olives ripen at the head, the olives that ripened at the head of the uh, olive tree. Um, he says, what's the proof that it's without sediments? It's not that they took the olives from the top of the tree. Rather, the proof that it has to be pure without sediments is actually from the next, from the continuation of the Gemara. Because the Gemara says, how did they crush it? Meaning is, even if you have the best olives which are at the top of the tree, if you take it and grind it, it's still going to have sediments inside of it. Rather, what, what's the way to make sure that there's no sediments? That's by the process of how they manufactured it, which was by using the mortar. So L'Chair, what should, have, what should Rashi have brought to prove that it means without sediments? He should have brought the continuation of the Gemara. 
And this is actually Rashi brings this Gemara just a little bit later. So Rashi brings it that they would crush it with Machdash. And why did they use the Machdash as the mortar? In order that they wouldn't be Shmarm. So Rashi quotes that anyways later on. So why doesn't he quote it for his proof that um, Zach means without any sediments? Did these owls come from the, should we call it, from the Gargarin? Gargarin? Pardon me? Did, the, did these owls come from the top of the tree? Um, which one? Are the ones for the, the Shaman. Yes. They did come from so, the tree. So uh, according to Halacha, Halacha Lamaisa, um, what the Raman brings, that there's actually three types of oils which are kosher for the Menorah. As I mentioned, because basically there's the olives at the top of the tree, the, uh, the middle and the bottom. The top the were, were, were the best and they also were ready the first. They were harvested first and the middle were harvested second. Bottom were harvested the last so they had the least amount of sunlight. So the Rambam writes that the first oil that, was, that came from each of these three harvests, uh, as long as they used it with the machtashas, they used the mortar, that would be kasha for the menachas. But the best quality... The yeah, exactly. So they're all three of those we kosher, but from those three, the top quality was the ones that from the top of the uh, zeis. So really, the question is, saying that it's just from the top of the tree doesn't really prove right. what he's saying, because technically, even from the top of the tree, they also had the ones that they would grind it, and then they also would put like a, a beam on top of it. There were three levels of oil that came from each set, so there was nine. So the second level of oil that came from the olives, which are on top of the tree, were also not kosher for the menorah. So it's really not a, a proof for what he's saying over here. Mm-hmm. So Rashi just puts a v'chulu. So the main idea that they use the machtashas, that he doesn't bring. He just quote, he, he's maramas it with the words v'chulu. Why? Question six. Vav. Lama maybe Rashi p'perushai gam hamar makim he says, why does he bring the source, Menachas? He should have just brought, as we learned. And later on in Parshas Emmer, where again talks about the Menorah, it actually, he brings down two sources. Over there, he brings down from the Menachas and also Tars Kainim. So the question over here is like doubled, really. Why over here do we bring a proof at all? And why don't we bring two? It wants to bring a proof. Why don't we bring two proofs? Based because the Parshas Amr does bring two. So, what's the difference over there? Question Zion. Rashi Matik Minakosov Gamma Tevis Fa'at Tetzave. Afshainim Avara Elatevazach. Why is Rashi bringing the words Ata Tetzave? He's not explaining the words Ata Tetzave. He's only explaining the word Zach. Very strong question. So, Akorchuk Tzarek Leibar. Shirashi Matika Minakosov Hemai Chachalib Bure Leblishmar. Elamai. So, Rashi has to bring the Ata Tetzave because that's part of the proof. Right? Remember, we're saying, Pshutei Shemikr, the Ose has to be approved. So part of the proof is from the words, Va'atat Tetzave. But Tzarek Lehovin. Ma'hi ha'yechacha minatevis Va'atat Tetzave sh'ashem and Tzarek Lehis b'lishmar. First of all, what's the proof? We're saying, oh, you have to bring Va'atat Tetzave because it's a proof. What is the proof? And Be'ez le'idich, im yeshechacha minakasev, ma'amaysef rashi b'harayim m'sechus b'nachas. And furthermore, if Va'atat Tetzave is a proof, so why do we need again the proof from Menachas? Right? So that, that, those are the questions, <clears throat> right? So in, in short, three types of questions. The first type of question was, what's bothering Rashi? The second type of question is, why does Rashi need a proof? The Chayrat's very obvious. obvious. And, if he, um, and if he does need a proof, why is he bringing it 
bringing it only from the, the three words, um, which l'chayra are not the main proof, is not even the main proof in the Gemara. And also, how would he know it up to If there's an issue, you should be able to prove that it's pure from Shutishamikra. And then we had a few just why does he mention the Gemara Menachis, and why does he also, in, in the Divra Maskal, use, use the words Va'atatatava. So now we're up to base the, the answer. So just to give a quick Akdama, what was bothering Rashi, and then we'll read it inside. So when you read the Pasuk, and this is something that's, you know, you learn the Mayim every year, it's probably something that bothered you. How do you translate it? It's a very hard passage to translate. It says, They should take for you shemen zayis, olive oil, pure, zach, kasas lamar, crushed for the menaira. Right? So how, so how do you translate that? You, you're taking pure olive oil, crushed. Crushed, how do you crush pure olive oil? You know, how do you crush, why would you crush, crush pure olive oil? How do you crush pure olive oil? The translation doesn't make sense. There's pure olive oil, and then it says you have to crush it for the more. Uh, doesn't, doesn't make sense. You don't crush olive oil. Well, olive oil that was crushed. Oh, so therefore, you can't read the kapshuta, right? You have, to, you have to add something in there. So there's two ways how the Mephorshim uh, try to give an explanation. So the first way is the Ibn Ezra. He wants to say, similar to what you're saying, that it's not going on the word, it doesn't mean olive oil, which was crushed. No, no, no. It means the olives themselves were crushed. Right? Sorry, not the Ibn Ezra. That was going to be Rashi. Let me do the Ibn Ezra first, then we'll get back to Rashi. So, Ra- so Ibn Ezra wants to say that the word zach actually doesn't go on oil. This is how the Ibn Ezra would read it. He'd read it shaman, which means oil, that comes from a zach, a pure, perfect olive, causes which needs to be crushed. So it's oil that comes from a perfect olive, a pure olive that is crushed. So therefore it fits. It's olive that comes from a pure crushed olive. Right? So, so Ibn Ezra's translating Zach doesn't go on the oil. It goes on the olive. That has to be a good olive. So that's how he fixed up that issue. Rashi, and that's why Rashi has to come to say, Rashi doesn't like that, and we'll see why. So Rashi has to come and say, it's blishmarm. What does pure mean? It's going back on the oil. That the oil means without any sediments. So how's Rashi going to have to learn it? So Rashi has to learn it like this. He has to learn it <clears throat> that it's shemen, oil. And what does it need to contain? It has to be of zayis kosis. It has to be uh, from a crushed olive, zach, which is pure. Yeah, yeah, right. The word shem and zayis mm-hmm. has to be oil from olives. So basically, it's telling you how, how you're supposed to make it. Meaning, is it has to be that it has to be uh, uh, oil that comes from a an olive, b that has to be pure. And how do you make it? You make it through kasis. You make it through crushing it in a mortar. So again, it's oil, which is pure, uh, and it's. Um, it's o- sorry, it's oil that has to specifically come from an olive that has to be pure. And wh- what is the way that you have to make this oil? Um, it has to be through the way of crushing it, crushing it specifically with the mortar. So basically, the word kasis is not describing anymore really the oil or the thing. It's just telling you how it's being made. So let's read it inside. So Habir Bezat. Because of Namar, Shemen Zayis Zach Lamar. He says the word kasis, crushed, 
as we said, can't go on oil because you don't have no such thing as crushed oil. You don't crush oil. Rather, it goes on the word zayis, meaning that the zayis needs to be crushed. So which is al He says it's very hard to understand and to explain the word zach because, as I said, the order is it's zayis, which is pure. So it's already pure olive oil, which is crushed. So therefore, what What should it have said? According to the way that we want to read it and the way how you translated it, it should have said shemen zayis kasus. That the oil needs to be of crushed oil from the machtashes and beis, which is zach. Well, that's the way, the way you'd have to translate. That's why it should have said it. And the oil is zach. Right, that, that doesn't say that, but that's what it would have made, made sense. It's all that comes from crushed oils, which is pure. Ella. Mm-hmm. This is our Rashi. The way to explain it is First, the Torah wants to tell you what are the conditions to make the olive oil itself kosher. That one, the oil needs to be olive shulzais and beizah. Needs to be olive. And then, And then explains to you, oh, how are you going to get there? You need to have it crushed through the mortar. So that's, that's and that's and that's how Rashi's actually going to have to. That's what Rashi's going to stick with. But since it says shemen zayis zach pure oil, it says oil zayis of an olive zach which is pure kasis. So therefore, the Ibn Ezra wants to say zach goes on the olive. Meaning is, he says, you need to take these, uh, these grapes that do not have any rot, and none of them are eaten a little bit by, you know, by the birds and the bugs, and from these perfect and pure olives, that's what you should make the oil for, sh- <coughs> for, for the Feast of Kings. So Pirish says, Shailu l'rashi b'mashakotsa b'lishmar. Hainu, the perushe zeb boy, loy l'var teva zach, giganal, muvin huma atzmai. Therefore, this is what Rashi is trying to be shaylal when he says Belishmar. He's trying to say that the word Zach is not going on the olive. Rather, it's going on the oil. And the oil is pure. I, why does it have the word Kas all the way at the end of the Pasa? Kasa should be right at the beginning. He says, because we first want to give the Tanayim what the oil, the oil needs to be made out of, and then afterwards we tell you how you make it. Because obviously if you're going to say without Shmarim, that obviously is referring to the, the oil, not to these eyes. So according to this, we just answer questions one and two. Right? What was bothering Rashi? What was bothering Rashi was the word Kasas. That you have the word zach, which is in between um, shemen zayis and kasas. It should have said shemen zayis, which was crushed, and pure, not pure olive oil, which is crushed. And that also explains why in Parshish, because you see someone talks about levain zach, he doesn't explain anything, because over there there's no issues. So now we're going to try to explain, answer question seven, and also we're going to answer question four. Question seven was why does it say ba'atatitzava? And we also wanted to know what's the proof. No, question four we'll get to in a little bit, actually. Right now, it's question seven. 
Okay. So bechdei lachich the teiba zach koyal shemem v'loyal azayis after deichuk kanal matik Rashi menachos of gam teibas teibas vatitzava. So Rashi needs to prove in order to prove that zach goes on the oil and on on the zayis. Rashi um, pr- p- puts the words vatitzava in there also. So let's just work, look at the words vatitzava just for a moment, and it'll just give us a little bit of a greater appreciation what the Rebbe is going to answer. Um, so the Rebbe is going to quote the Ramban in one of the Aris. So if you look at the word Ba'ata it's a little bit of a del- it's like redundant. Because what does the word Tetzave on its own mean? Tetzave means you shall command. So what does Ba'ata mean? You, you should command. It's like a double expression. It could have just said Tetzave B'nai Israel, you should command. Why did it say Ba'ata? It's, it's saying the word at you twice, right? Um, and also it says Alacha, they should take for you. So always in the, in the whole preceding well, parsha, it should have just said the word tzavah, just like it says in the previous parsha. You shall command. Tzavah means command. Tzavah means you shall command. Just like it says in the previous parsha, which talks about making the aron, says a sisa aron. You shall make the aron. Doesn't say the ata sisa or ata tzase. I don't think that's the thing. Okay, go ahead. I don't. I don't. Uh, I'm not. Uh, this is an introduction to what the Rebbe is going to say. No, it's a question. Any on ve'ata? Yeah, the question is why does it use the word ve'ata? That's what the Ramban is asking. Why does it have to have also the word ve'ata? It should have just said the word tetzav. Just tetzav itself is enough. Yeah. Like ve'asisa. Just like ve'asisa. It's, it's, you know, it's the same. Thing. I know. But, you know who's but, the one that's commanding? What does tetzav mean? No, no. So the Ramban is, is Ramban is just trying <laughs> to compare it to what we said earlier. Earlier in the previous parsh, we just used one word, asisa. You should make. <laughs> Over here, but we're using mean two words to say. Asisa means it should be made. Asisa means you should make. Asisa means you should make. Right, but but bepoyo, what does it mean? Let's just to get to the punchline. Bepoyo, what it actually means is that when it says that you have to make it, it doesn't mean that Moshe Rabbeinu himself needs to make it. It means that you just have to make sure that it will be made. So Moshe Rabbeinu had to make sure. So he could tell Betzalah. He told whoever was working on the different kalim that they have to make it. Because but there is no subject. Right. But there is no be'ato or Exactly. Since it says asisa, it doesn't mean you specifically. It means you right. should make sure that this is done. Okay. But since it says ve'ata tetzava, so the pshat is that you yourself have to give this command. You can't give, you know, don't tell Betzal to tell the command to everybody to bring the oil. You have to command the B'nai Yisrael themselves. That's how the Rambam wants to say. Why does it say ve'ata tetzava? Is that you, you have to do it. You can't rely on anybody else. And then he also asks, why did it say the Yikhualach you should take? Again, the whole previous parsha it says you should make the Vasisa Sa'aran, you should make the Shulchan. Why did it say you should bring? So he says the Pshat is because they didn't actually make the oil in the midbar. Rather, they brought it with them from um, from Mitzrayim. And also, why does it say Allah to you? Why, why would you bring it to Moshe Rabbeinu? You should bring it. This is one of the questions of the Mimer. You should bring it to the Bnei Aaron. You should bring it to Aaron, the one who's lighting the Menar. So he explains this because since they're taking the oil that was prepared already from Mitzrayim that they took with them, how do you know it's going to be pure? So Moshe Rabbeinu had to literally look at the oil to make sure that it was, he had to examine to make sure it's pure. So the Atat Tetzav is that you, Moshe, have the obligation to command the Menei Yisrael to bring the oil to you, and then you have to check it. So according to this, the Rebbe is going to say like this. What, 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 What comes out? When was this command given? The command was given clearly in the Midbar. Moshe Rabbeinu had the command to tell them to, to bring him the oil. So 
how could we say that the so therefore it must have been the had to be referring to the oil itself that had to be pure because how would Moshe Rabbeinu know if the olives themselves were pure remember all they had with them were jugs of oil that they brought from Mitzrayim they're just bringing him jugs of oil how is Moshe Rabbeinu by looking at it be able to tell oh did like was there some you know were there some bugs that were eating at this olives before they're crushed he doesn't know all he can tell is if it's pure so that's the Hechacha of Rashi that obviously when it says Shemen Zayizach, it must be the oil itself because they wouldn't have known how, Moshe Rabbein wouldn't have known if the olives were pure. All was brought them was these buckets of oil. So the oil, he can check to make sure it's pure. But how is he supposed to check to see if the olives are pure? They, they, they was processed months or years earlier. But let's read it inside. He says, Vahabir. He says, That's he says the command, and they should bring to you. Was said when the Bnei Yisrael were in the midbar, a place where olives do not grow. That's what, I'm, that's what I was trying to emphasize. The kashmak is that we know for sure the whole reason why it's a double expression, the reason why it says, they have to bring it. It's to all these words that the Rebbe is bringing is emphasizing that it had to be that this, this is occurring in the Midbar in a place where, there's, where there is no olives. So, How do you see that though? If Kuala says and shows it has to be in the Midbar. That's what I was trying to show you. First of all, it says you Moshe. Fine, but what, why in the Va'ata? That Moshe Rabbeinu is commanding? Yeah. You should command. So, Moshe Rabbeinu, was he alive 80 years later, in the, 40 years later in the, in the Eretz Israel? If you want to say that this was referring to the when once they got into Eretz Yisrael and they started growing the zeitim, I thought, they, I thought what did you say was okay, fine. Right. It, it, what, what's the other option? Is Eretz Yisrael or Mitzrayim? Say so what's the other option? Mitzrayim, they didn't have a menorah. But they, right? They didn't have a menorah. So what's the other option? At the you're going to say it means that when the Bnei Yisrael eventually get to Eretz Yisrael and they start growing their own olives, then you have an obligation to make sure these olives are pure, right? But they live in the menorah. They have the menorah in the menorah. But they had the menorah in the midbar, and it says, Like, right, you, Moshe Rabbeinu, had to command the people. So it's talking about then, at, at that moment. Mm-hmm. So that, that's the proof that the Rashi wants to bring, that it must be that when Hashem was giving the command to Moshe in this week's parsha, he was referring to that right then. The and they didn't have olives in the desert. Too. That's right. The, they don't yeah, have olives. Is that the thing? They didn't have any olives in the desert? Or is it, they didn't have olives. Right. Or is the fact that... The, How would they know to have no. such causes? Such a level of oil. So that's why Moshe Rabbeinu had to, 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 when they brought it to Moshe, he would have to, to check. To check it. No, yeah. but that's a good question. Why did they carry it? Why did they carry like different qualities of oil? Like the Eitzim. It says later on. Oh, we're going to talk about the Eitzim. Yeah, that's actually a very good point. Anyway, so Mukhach Leimar, Shedliku as a menorah, Beshem and Shalachim, Yitziasim, Eretz Yisraim, Shar Iyaf Shalachim, Shalachim, Zaisim, Lchal Meshech Hazman, the Kach of the Midbar. They brought with them. He says, So we must say that they lit the menorah from oil that they took from. They took from Yitzitzvah's rhyme because it's impossible to say that they took with them olives for the entire period of time that they were in the desert and then they crushed them in the midbar and even more, Stam, how would he even know if it was um, where it came from? But I guess the Bnei Yisrael, if you had Adam, could testify where they came from. But it's very hard to say that for the 40 years that they were there, you know, even if they were farmers back in, in Mitzrayim, that they had enough olives that they took out that lasted 40 years and be fresh and it's impossible. So Elamai, it was the oil that was that was packed in the jars, and those things could last. Right? 
ksas or afilim himayim ufish. He says this is the proof that the word zoch goes on the oil, but not the olive. Because by looking at the oil, it's impossible to tell if the olive that it came from, if it was somewhat eaten by a bug or a bird or if it was somewhat rotten. Impossible to know. All you can see is if, if there's no sediment, that's all you know. Right? Because remember, even if it's from the lowest, uh, technically, even if it's from the lowest branches of the tree, as long as you just use the machtashas, it wouldn't have, any, um, wouldn't have any sediment in it. So that's all you can tell if it was pure or not. But if you're saying the shaman, the shaman needs to be pure, then without any sediment, that, that would be recognizable just looking at the oil. You can see, is there sediment in there or is there not? He says, that's why Rashi quotes the words of Atatatzava, because since the command is to Moshe, while it's in the desert, that's the proof that it must be that the oil is pure and not the Zeiss. Okay? So that answers question seven, what the purpose of putting the words <coughs> the Atatzava is. Right. Dalit. Another point. This is uh, something that one of you mentioned earlier. A question. So the Rebbe is going to try to just deal with one of the questions. He says that uh, uh, Mamulach, I believe that was you, says maybe it's referring to when they go into Eretz Yisrael 40 years later, then they'll have the obligation to bring uh, pure, uh, the oil from pure olives. But while they're in the desert, desert, but while in the desert, since they didn't have an option, they just use whatever they had. But Hashem's telling them, what's the main command? When you're able to, and you get to Eretz Yisrael, then you should light with the proper olives. And, 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 and the truth is, we see this, we see this, Here in the we do see many mitzvahs that only began later when they actually arrived to Eretz Yisrael. So maybe you can say this is one of those mitzvahs of having the, the, the pure olives would only start when they got into Eretz Yisrael many years later. Right? Oh, you could buy it from the neighbors in the desert. Mm-hmm. Go to Moab and uh, buy some. Yeah. So the Gamzem of Urbazeshematik Rashi Tevitz Fa'atatatzava. So this is another reason why Rashi uses the words Fa'atatatzava. Shumumus Baze ain't Sava Lamiyad Viladoyas. The word Sav means. It's a command for right away and for generations. Right? Tzav always means it happens right away. This is a command. This is something which is uh, being pushed. So, right, so that's another point. Since it says Tzave, first of all, it says Va'ata. That's the teeth from the word Ba'at, the Moshe Rabbein. That's what I was trying to stress that. But also on the word Tetzave itself is always the Mashmois. Is that Tetzave is always used as a mitzvah that's not going to be many years to come. Tetzave is always the expression used when it starts right away. If Hashem tells him Tetzave is B'nai Yisrael, why would I think it's later on? 
that's that's his point. It's not going to be later on because you do. Why see, not? Why is that, my question is not why is the you know Va'ata showing it? Why no, not Va'ata. I said the word Tzava. Oh, okay. Fine. The word Va'ata showed that it was Moshe Rabbeinu. So that oh, was okay. that was his main proof. Va'ata Tzava, you Moshe Rabbeinu are going to be giving the command, and Moshe was only only the midbar, not Eretz Yisrael. But the second day comes saying from the word Tzava itself also shows that it's something that has to be. Like, even yeah. if you want to say Va'ata Tzava, you Moshe Rabbeinu have to give a command now. That in forty years' time, when they get to Eretz Yisrael, this is what they're supposed to do. You, you could give a, maybe try to explain that. So the Rebbe, Rebbe also says that the so the word Tetzava itself also expresses that it means right away. Okay. Hey. Avo adain ein zehachach gemura kedain yish lutchak v'loymer shekmoy shetzarich liyish bnei Israel yadu shitztavu l'Hashem l'mar b'chalal. He says just like. You, you, you have to say. The meaning is, you could give a doichek. He says, the question's not a strong question, but you could try to, you know, you could ask a question to Rashi and say, that just like the Bnei Yisrael knew that they had to bring oil for the Bnei Yisrael, they didn't take anything. They didn't take the tzedah. So, oh, they took oil. It's funny. They, uh, they took a little bit of matzah, nothing else. But oil they took. Why? Because they must have known that they needed it for the Bnei eventually. They took wood. And they took, yeah, but that's not they food. Took, huh? That's not food. I think seida means specifically for food. If I'm, if I'm not making a mistake, seida right. lederich means food. Wood is not okay. oil. I think is food. Right. So maybe just like they knew that they needed oil for the menorah, maybe they also knew that they needed pure olive oil, and they need to bring oil that came from these pure olives, right? So maybe with that same knowledge that they needed to have the menorah, they also knew the, the rules. And they knew that it had to be from um, olives that don't have any rot. So maybe you're going to try to give that type of shot, right? So that, this is why Rashi brings the proof from an offer. So this is going to answer questions three and five, right? Why does Rashi need a proof? And why does Rashi specifically bring the words Megagri Barisha Zayis? Which Rashi, maybe Rashi, so he says, the fee pierce Evan Ezra, the Zai Sarkli Azach. This is like amazing. You must need to know, you have to have a very practical mind and, and, and have knowledge of the farming. He says, Gargum Shemhem Ilosh or Shalai Nachal Mixasan, Mzein Adifus Lazitim Hagdain Liberisha Zailan Lagabishar Zaitim. He says, according to the Ibn Ezra, that it's the Zayas which is pure. He says, the grapes. Olives. Oh, sorry. Um, the olives, I'm sorry. The olives uh, weren't allowed to have any. Any rot, right? He says that actually is not better. It's not better. The beginning of rotting or animals eating from it, it's not any better being at the top of the tree than being on the bottom or the middle. Why is it better being at the top than the middle for, for bugs and stuff eating it? He says, he says, if the problem was the birds eating it, he says, the best place to take the olives from, according to the Ibn Ezra, would have been the middle of the tree. Because people can't touch it and, you know, scratch it. And at the same time, the birds don't really eat usually from the middle of the tree. So according to the Ibn Ezra, why does the Gemara say that the best oil is all the way from the top? Top, top ones. It's not the best oil. Uh, sorry. It's not the best olives. It might be the best oil, but the point of the Ibn Ezra, we don't care what the best oil is. According to the Ibn Ezra, we want to have the best olives. 
So according to the Ebenezer, why are you taking from the top? You should take from the middle. But according to the Rashi, that Rashi wants to say that the main thing is but the oil. Alpi halacha is, is it the same on top or in the middle? No. So even according to Allah, the best oil is the one from the Rambam at least okay. says the best oil from is from the top, the top of the, right. the top of the, yeah. Gemara zach According to the Gemara, it's clear that zach goes on the oil, like Rashi saying. So the Gemara is a proof for what Rashi saying. Uh, because the Gemara is trying, why does the Gemara say the best oil is, the best olive oil is from the top? It must be because according to the Gemara, the main thing is the actual quality of the oil. And the olives which are on the top, even though there might be more rotten or more eaten by the birds, but the oil inside of them would be the best because they were the most ripened by the sun. He says the oil, the oil that's taken from the olives from the top of the tree, they're the most ripe, and it's also the easiest to separate it from the from the shmar. But there's no nafkamina according to Rashi, the, the, the olives themselves. So the olives might not have been the best, but the oil would have been the best. Okay, so now this now we're going to answer question six. So why does the Gemara, why does he need to give the source from Menachis, and why doesn't he and, and why doesn't he also bring like in Parshas Amor? So most of Rashi that this is the Menachas. This is Lishloch Torahs Kayanim. Kisham Huvugam Adet Tanakama Shatechunay Berachayim. The Menachas Nimsas Deazurakum Gemara. Rashi Kam Mamshich Beinay Techanan Berachayim. He says the reason why Rashi brings Menachas because it's also it's it's Bishoylo the Torahs Kayanim. Basically, uh, according to the the Torahs Kayanim, it brings two opinions. But the Tanakama, the main opinion, the Tanakama in the Torahs Kayanim says that the, the, the oil was uh, um, permitted to be also crushed through a rechaim, through, uh, through a grinder. What's the difference between the two? So if it's, ma- if it's with a machtashas, with the mortar, it's much purer. Right? Because you're, cr- you're, not, you're not grinding it, but all the sediment doesn't get as mixed up. Imagine you have a grinder, right? You put it in... Smashing it. You're just smashing it. So the oil, the juices, the oil will come out, but it's not going to... It's not going to get mixed up as much. you smash it, you smash it with the peats also. Right. So a little bit, obviously, get mixed in, but it's easier to separate. But when your mom is grinding, imagine your the whole thing is going to get mixed, mixed in. But according to the, the, the Torah's Kainim, it brings an opinion. The first opinion there is that you actually do grind it. So Rashi is trying to be shoyal that. Because the whole point of what Rashi is trying to say is that Shemad Zayizaf means pure olive oil. So if he's going to say you're grinding it, then I love my, what would Zach need to be? The olives. Oh, it must, yeah, it must be like the Ibn Ezra, that the olives are pure, so the Ibn Ezra, so that's interesting. So Rashi has a proof from the Gemara Menachas, but the Ibn Ezra would have a proof from the Torah's Kayanim. Yeah. Okay. The Inekam Beduber Besingen Nesipur. Behemshech Lesisa Mishkan V'la'achakach Bar Parshas Chanukas HaMishkan. Shachal Zahir Berev Pe'er Ahadar Bashiris Chen Kol Yimei HaYesu Mimidbar HaYimatzev Dashiris he says, um, how do we know this it was the best oil? He says, because in this parsha we're telling you the story, how it was Bapayal. Um, and the Bapayal, after the making of the Mishkan and the Chanukas of Mishkan, it was, it was done with great beauty and, and, and with uh, Ashiras. And similarly, the entire time that they're in the Midbar, they always used the, the, it was with the matzav of Ashiras, they're very rich. 
like it says, when they left, uh, when they left the Kriyas Yamsuf, even the poorest person had, what, 60 donkeys full of um, treasures. Mm-hmm. So it was a time of richness. So what did they use at that time? Would have been the best oils, top, you know, top, top, top notch. Number one, not number two, not number three, not number four, always just number one. Parshas Emin is not telling you how they were doing it in the desert. It's telling you Papel the halachas. So Papel, once they got to Eretz Yisrael, they didn't always need to use the oil that was from Rosh Hashanah. Right? It could have technically, as I said, could have been second level. It could have been the, the, not the second level. It would have been the Machteshes, either from the top of the tree, the Machteshes of the middle of the tree, or the Machteshes on the bottom. But always had to be with the mortar. That never changed, but it technically could have been in any of those things. He says over there, Rashi, here we're just telling you how it was Bapayal. But in Parshas Amor, has to tell you the din. So once it's telling you the halachas, how it's supposed to be, then it gives you also the Taras Kanim. So you should know that there's two opinions, it's a machoikis. And then he also adds that there's three different types of oils, even of the machtashas, there's three different types of oil, um, because that's all relevant, obviously, to halacha. Question two, we didn't answer this. So the Vaynezak we answered because that was answered right away. That means that because the Vaynezak is olives. Because we know what the word zaka means. Let, let's just go over it. Um, zaka, the question was, uh, yeah. Question was, what was bothering Rashi? So the issue was not the, what the word zaka means. We know what it means pure. What was bothering Rashi was... Oh, what was bothering Rashi? It was not bothering Rashi. That's what I'm trying to say. What bothered Rashi was the word, why the word zach is in between kasis, uh, is between the words shem and zais and kasis. But Levayna Zaka, what was bought? There's nothing bothering Rashi over there. Levayna Zaka just means pure frankincense, which is very, which we understand what that means. There's no issues with the Pasuk. Like, again, Rashi, we know what the word Zaka means. It means pure. Therefore, Levayna Zaka didn't have any issues. Aye, so why do, and we know why we brought the Atat Tzav, why did it have to bring Atat Tzav? Because that's the main proof that Moshe Rabbeinu was in the desert and Miyad, Uladiris, he gave the command that they needed to be used specifically the pure olive oil. And why did we have to bring the Gemara in Menachas? Because that's a proof, again, for Pierce Rashi. It's going on the Shaman. What about question number four? So, question number four was we asked um, even if you need to bring the riot from the oil, what's the, what's the riot from Shutte Shamikra from this that we learned in the Menachas, right? Look at R21. He says, I, we're not supposed to bring a proof from Shuta Shemikra from Halacha. 21, you said? 21, yeah. The Gemara that learns that it's supposed to be pure olive oil wasn't learned through a drasha, like an extra letter or an extra word. Rather, how did the Gemara know what it means? Because the Gemara is just reading the Pasuk, and they understood the Pasuk the same way Rashi did. So the Gemara Menachis is just Pshutei Shamikra. So Rashi bringing the Gemara is really just proving what he's trying to say, that when it says Shem Zach, it's not going on the Zayis, it's going on the oil. And look, even the Gemara learned Pshutei Shamikra, that's what it means. Right? Allah never will uproot the Pasuk, and you always have Pshutei Shamikra. He says, and he says, especially in our situation, the, the Gmar Menachis is not the main proof. Rather, it's just the secondary proof. So now let's go to the Inyonim HaVav. Inyonim HaMufloim Adar Halachish Pirish Rashi Dulan. 
the, the wondrous Sinyanim. So just give a little introduction. Well, let's read the Ramam and then we'll, that'll be the introduction. Pasuk Ramam. the Hevel. It says by Cain and Hevel uh, that Hevel brought from the best uh, of his uh, sheep and therefore his carbon was accepted. Cain, he brought from the cheapest of, of his produce and therefore it wasn't accepted. And from the fats, he says, So the rule is, anything that's meant for Hashem should always be the, from the most beautiful and the best. If you build a shul, it should be better than your home. If you feed the, someone who's hungry, you should give them the best food. If you're clothing someone who's naked, you give them from your best of the clothes. to Hashem, you got to give them the best. All the fats, they're always the best at Hashem. So what needs to be beer is like this. Sarch beer. He says, This chiv of always giving the best to Hashem, when does it start? Does it start um, at that moment when you want to do the mitzvah? Or does it start even before? Meaning, is, let's say you need to give an ani um, food. So, what do you do? The ani's at, you know, so you got to give him food. So, you go to your kitchen and you find the best steak that you have in your freezer and you give it to him, right? That's one option. Or, it's not, no, that's not good enough. Can't just look in the freezer. You know the honey's coming. So you need to go through, you need to go to Sobeys and Costco and all the different places and find the best steak that you have. So when does the chiv start? Does the chiv start just, what you have, you have to give the best? Or does it already start earlier in the preparation? That you have to prepare also the best and you need to start earlier. Sarch bir. Im does the chiv start even by the time of the preparation? Um, when you want, uh, and, and your, your intention is to give it afterwards to Hashem. Look, Dugma. He says, is, is, <coughs> you need to buy um, cloth to give to an ani for a piece of clothing. You need to buy wool. So what's the obligation? Base verse. One. One thought is, it only starts when you need to give it. So go to your closet, get the best wool that you have, and you get it. Or maybe it's even before you actually give it. Right when you decide, oh, I'm going to do a mitzvah, I'm going to do the mitzvah of staka, at that time you already start, got to start searching for the best uh, wool that you have. He says, even in this way, you could say two different ways. Um, when you need to buy the best, is the shot that you need to buy the best, but it actually has to make a difference, right? Noticeable. Right, I'm going to get the purest, whitest wool, but I'm planning on dyeing it red, so it really doesn't make a difference. So one way of saying is you've got to buy the best. You've got to buy the purest, the cleanest wool, and when you want to dye it red and, and make a piece of clothing, that's what you do. The second opinion is no, 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 no. Even though you've got to buy the best, but it has to make a difference. So you buy a, the best wool, but if it's going to, anyways, dyeing it red, then it doesn't make a difference if it's a little bit has marks on it, because anyways, you're going to dye it. So just in other words, uh, maybe to say it in, in other words, 
Um, the question is, this obligation of giving the best to Hashem, is that an obligation on the gabra or the chafsa? In other words, like this. Is that an obligation on the object? You need to give the best object to Hashem. Right? Or, is the ob- if you need to give the best object to Hashem, then, then, then only if it actually makes a practical difference then you would give that object to Hashem. So only wool that will actually be better if you give it, then you would have to give it. Or is the obligation on the gavra, which means the person. You're the person. You don't, it doesn't make a difference what it looks like at the end of the day. You have to do the best that you can do. So the best that you can do is to get the purest, most nicest wool. I won't make a difference at the end, end product won't make a difference. It doesn't matter. You have to do the best. It's all about your intention, right? Hashem wants your intention. So your intention is, you're doing a mitzvah, find the best you can possibly find. Or, we just really want to look at the end product. The end product is what the Ani is getting, so you just get the best, but only if it actually makes, you know, actually is a better product at the end of the day. So he says like this, so it's very clear, according to the Ibn Ezra, he's saying you've got to get the, the best olives. I, the best olives are not necessarily the best oil. But he says it doesn't matter. It's an obligation on the person. Your obligation is to get um, the best looking uh, object, even if... At the end, the end product won't be the best. So the Ibn Ezra is saying, get the best olives. Aye, the final product is not necessarily the best, or doesn't make a difference. That's not, nothing to do with you. In nature of a person also changes. Well, I'm going to look for the best stock, for the best, for the best uh, food. Right. In, inside the person, he, he becomes much, uh, right. much uh, a- idle. Yeah, you're right. It, I, you're right. That's actually a very good point. You're saying like, right. that what the Ibn Ezra is saying, which is interesting, Ibn Ezra was like a philosopher, um, that the main thing is to, to purify the person's emotions. Right. Right. So you're saying is when the person's looking to get the best object, so even if it's not, doesn't make a difference at the end of the day, it's not going to be a better end product, but beside you, what gives you the greatest beer? What purifies you, makes you the best possible person and, and the most connected to Hashem, is when you're excited about it and when you're looking for the best. That's I'm a very sure nice this, Irah. And I'm not sure if it's in the Sikha or not, that the Rambam says if you want to give, you can give stock, yeah. let's say you want to give $100, it's better to give it in 10 times, right. $10 each, because it, uh, it purifies, it purifies you. the person. Beautiful. Yeah. I, can, I can't remember if it was this Sikha. No, it's not, not this Sikha, but, but that's, that's a very good point. According to Rashi, the Torah just cares about what the oil is going to be. So, so the, the Torah doesn't, it's not really so worried about that the time of the preparation it needs the best, rather the Torah is worried about at the time of the giving. At the giving it needs to be the best that you're possibly saying. So the writer mentions in the aura in Rashi itself, you can really say one of those two ways. Either it's what you have at that. Rashi always cares about the giving has to, has to be good. So either it can mean that whatever you have, you have to give the best of what you have right now. Or, once, or when you're actually preparing earlier, you need to make sure that you prepare the best, that when you give it, it will actually make, be the best product, product possible possible. So according to Rashi, basically, he would say you wouldn't need to get the purest, whitest wool, but you wouldn't need to get the, the wool that would 
um, be the nicest to give to the Ani, um, you know, when he eventually gets it. Zayin. Chassidus explains there's two levels in Zeis. He says, He says, Zeis is actually bitter. Like the Chazal say about when the Yoyna came back by Noyach, it says that uh, he had a, he had an olive leaf inside. He says uh, what he was trying to say is that it's I prefer to have the my food as bitter as an olive, but it comes from Hashem. So we see the idea of an olive is always is actually bitterness. The very bitter. Yeah. Very yeah. <coughs> uh, therefore, you're not supposed to eat olives plain because the olives make you forget your learning of seventy years. Kashricha um, comes from Oilam Klipas. You're saying that you eat olives that you're going to forget. That shows the olive on its own as the idea of bitterness, Klipas. Therefore, he says, according to this way, what's the best way to get to the oil? Um, it's to, uh, you need to crush the olive. So you need to crush it. And through crushing the olive, then you get to the oil. So the oil is taka very good. The oil is chachma, the bitl telekos, the connection to Hashem. But on the outside of the oil, you have all the bitterness. So according to the Ebenezer, what's the best way to get to the pure, let's say the, you have a guf and you have a nefesh bahamis, you have all these things that, come, that are bitter. So what's the best way to get to the neshama, which is pure? He says you've got to remove, you've got to crush all the bad things and all the bad hair galim and the bad mitis that a person has. And by getting rid of all the bad, Automatically, you will be able to reveal the good. So, base, base. Zayis lefi pini misinyane. Hamaka shemenu nimsha chashamen. Hainu shamiriu sachayich shobahi adra miramezes amadrega sai hanalis spiris lachaser shilamayla daim haar vigilis spiris lachachma shaman. I says zayis according to the pinimius, which is the source of the oil. Actually, why is it dark? Why is it bitter? So, papashrus are saying it's bitter because it's because godliness is hidden. But the reason why godliness is hidden is not because godliness is not there, but on the contrary, the elakus is so great, it's such a high level of elakus, we're not able to see it. Mm-hmm. That's how great it is. Like we have an expression of, of a, like a saginor, someone who's blind, the Gemara calls saginor, that is too much light. The thing is, it's so, so much light, it's, we can't appreciate it, therefore Hashem has to hide that light. It's like a black hole. Yeah, like a black hole. So he says, that goes in spheres of Kesser. So the olive itself is spheres of Kesser. And what comes from the sphere of Sakasar is the Chachman, which is the oil. That Hashem places a darkness as, 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 his, as his hidden, hidden, uh, hidden abode. In the sense is that how does Hashem, um, how did, where does Hashem place himself? Hashem makes his Sesa, Yoshes. Hashem places himself in the darkness, uh, in the, uh, hiding himself in the darkness. So it's called darkness because it's too high to become revealed. According to Ibn Ezra, the Pashtus says Zais is bitter. He's looking at the Chtsonius, and the Chtsonius says that it's Klippa. Therefore, according to the Bedezer, it's so important to try to get the purest olive. 
you know, you want to have, you imagine you need a, you know, you have to have a student. So what's the best student to get, according to the Ben Ezra? You try to get, every, you try to get the student that, that, that's the purest, you know, that, that has the best uh, qualities. And from that student that has the best qualities, be able to teach him the best Torah. Right, so you get the, the person with the best nefesh uh, Bahamas that enjoys learning, etc., etc. So Rashi is yene shaltayr the pnimius. So he causes to he lights up, he reveals beremes the pnimius. According to Rashi, what's, where does it come from? It's a very high, deep level. So what do you need to be careful from? You don't need to be careful about the Zayis. The Zayis is good. You just need to be careful that you're, that the, what you take from there is quality. Meaning is, you need to be careful that from the Zayis, you're actually getting Chachma. Meaning is, because Chachma is when it gets connected to our world. So once this pure, amazing aura is connected to us, we need to make sure that we just don't mess it up. Therefore, you need to be careful that the shemen, the bittel that comes from the zayis, needs to be pure. Or in other words, looking at the same mashal of the Talmud, Rashi, when he looks at a Talmud, and he sees, all he sees is the potential which is inside of the Talmud. So he's telling the teacher, what, what's your job? You just need to make sure that you have the zayis, you just need to make sure that you're able to take from this, this pure neshama, this, this child, um, the greatest quality. And this is also what, we, you know, of course, we know the difference between Hasidus and the other modes is that Hasidus doesn't say get rid of the, of the Nefesh Bahamas and the body. Rather, it says from the body and the Nefesh Bahamas, you're actually able to reveal the highest levels. So the Guf and the Nefesh Bahamas is really even higher than the Neshama. And by elevating and, crush, uh, and crushing the body, but crushing the body in a way of which really means elevating the body, then you're able to reveal the, uh, uh, the oil. And that oil, um, you also have to make sure that also remains pure. And um, is, 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 exactly, without any shmarm, that it's, it's meaning is, it's, 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 like a, it's like a continuous process. It's always a continuous process that you have the, uh, the purity of, of the body. You have to reveal that purity of the body. And um, you also have to make sure that from that purity of the body, then it, when it comes into our world, that it doesn't get um, doesn't get contaminated. Doesn't get contaminated. And when you reveal that neshama, it also doesn't get contaminated. On the contrary, you're you're transforming it to kedusha. Oh, yeah.